Welcome, everybody, to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodrigue, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? We are warm, Jordan. (laughs) It's toasty. (laughs) It's very warm. You come out from Carolina, and I know you're looking forward to what you've been told are, are beautiful summers and and mild temperatures and here we drop you in uh what is what like 95 degrees at at practice on tuesday is that about right you know the real feel on my car uh said 110 and it was also like it was humid too which i first of all let me just i have a little bit of a bone to pick with california right now because (laughs) i I escaped Spartanburg, South Carolina, where the Panthers had their training camp, where you literally, it feels like you're walking into a hot bowl of soup every time you take the practice field. And today I get out there and it was real nice in the morning. I got there pretty early. It was really nice in the morning. And then all of a sudden you get on the field and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> it yeah. is. And then, you know, everyone, I, you know, of course I'm, I'm meeting a lot of people in person for the first time. And so of course talk turns to the weather because this, that's just what small talk is. And there, everyone said, oh, yeah, you know, this is uh, this is unusual for this time of year <laughs> as we sweat profusely through our face masks. Like it was, whoo, man, it was toasty. I, I, I made it back. Uh, you know, today was their first padded practice. This is Tuesday was we recording and I made it back. And it was I will tell you one of the more gratifying things uh you know, that I've experienced to see that temperature dip once you come down the hill. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, kind of uh, the, the, where the Rams practice, if people don't don't know, maybe people are even out of state or out of country. I mean, it, it's it's a pretty mild area there in, in, in Thousand Oaks, but it, it can uh, differentiate a little bit. Uh, the Conejo Valley, where they practice in, the, the temps uh, can can get up there pretty high, but it also can get kind of chilly later on during the day. So it's it's an interesting area. But wow, I don't ever remember. I mean, this is now, you know, what uh, the fifth uh, the fifth time that the Rams have been up here in in training camp, and nothing close to this. I mean, there's been some warm days, but uh, and, and Jordan, the Rams people maybe don't know they're never a morning practice team never under Sean yeah, McVay have they right. been a morning practice team but they changed that right because of the weather yeah they changed it because it is just too hot for them to be practicing because keep in mind too they're also having all their meetings outside they are working out outside they're doing the big um massive tent life which I can confirm that it is humongous I saw it today it was like looms on it's like its own mountain it like looms over the hill as you come around the corner but no, it's, um, you know, it's really hot. And so they've got the big fans going and and um, they try to keep the tent as cool as possible. But like everything these guys are doing is taking place technically outside right now. So they wanted to make sure that they got at least a little bit lower of a temperature in the morning. You know, something that I thought was really interesting is I know, you know, I know that they're not used to practicing at this temperature and particularly getting the pads on. It just adds another layer of, you know, clothing of gear on top of you. Um, and you know, not, doesn't do well to like, you know, reflect heat or anything like that. They were really, um, they were, they just, they were, they looked good. Like, and I know this is training camp and it's that time of year where everyone's got energy, blah, blah, blah. But like, Man, they really did have great energy today and that is that was something that was notable to me because you know, you get into mid-August like this and you've been working outside a couple of weeks, no they haven't been in pads, no they haven't done team drills, things like that, but you know, you get into mid to late August like this and you're just slogging through it at this point. But no, they had some great energy. Um I know we'll get to it later, but like, you know, I was I was very very impressed with the level of energy I saw out there today. Yeah, yeah that's fascinating, Jordan. You know, I I saw the 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 quote from uh, from Michael Brockus who said that that he felt like a baby in water. First of all, I have no <laughs> idea what that means, uh, but I think I understand what he's he's saying. But you know, something interesting to me, Jordan, is 
you know, training camp is usually, depending on how you define training camp, they usually show up in the last week of July. Uh, and then, of course, you don't have a, a regular season game until generally the second weekend of September, right, mm-hmm. is uh, generally when it is. So that, that's a long time, and you've got four preseason games in there. And you hear a lot of players, especially veteran players, who say it's just too much time. Like, you just there's too many preseason games. You don't need all that time. I, I, I really am curious to see whether or not this – changes anything uh and and maybe maybe it can't maybe with the cba i'm not even sure um but uh, maybe they find teams find players find that hey you know what you you don't need all that time you don't need all of those preseason games you can still show up in good shape with good energy and and get yourself ready for a season i don't know is that is that a crazy thought no i don't think it's crazy of course you know you you want to make sure that they're getting enough time to get their bodies ready so far the ram are looking pretty good in terms of keeping guys healthy. You know, obviously knock on wood because you don't want to see anyone get hurt. But the only person that's been out, um, you know, first Terrell Lewis was on COVID reserve and then was cleared. Um, And then now uh, Taylor Rapp and Justin Lawler each dealing with, you know, in in respect, a knee injury and a sort of a lower foot injury. Um, So really... you worry about a quicker ramp up period because of the soft tissue injuries, particularly this off season um, with, with no actual weight room training um, in an NFL facility for, for all of these guys, if not most of them. And so um, that I think surprised me a little bit because, you know, these guys were playing really fast and they were playing really physically and, you know, they're not, no, they're not going complete all out speed and, and they aren't, really hitting each other because that's not allowed yet um, because of the CBA. But it was just interesting. It was like everybody, it was, I'm I'm telling you, Rich, it was hot as crap and everybody, (laughs) and everybody just, but the energy was there. And I think part of it too was how Sean and his staff, they were running drills very, very efficiently. Um, You Mm. know, tons of energy, especially along defensive line, assistant coaches and linebackers coaches. And um, you just really could feel it. And I spent a lot of time over on the defensive field today. And you I mean, it was really I mean, these are big guys moving around. They're moving some weight. And it just was really notable, Um, you know, coming from coming from Carolina, where it was always like, well, we have to have guys who are our only space eaters. And so you've got some big dudes that are that are wide but here what I thought was really notable is like it's uh and I don't mean to sound like weird but when I say this but it's like very evenly distributed weight (laughs) like yeah yeah like you don't have the guys who are just completely wide and take up two gaps just by standing there um instead you have you know Michael Brockers who came back today um, you know, the Rams are really, really grateful to have him um, came in and spoke with us today. And, and the Rams are grateful that he came back in free agency. And he is also incredibly long. He's not just a big nose tackle. Like he's also incredibly long. That was something I thought was really interesting. And it's just me coming from another team and, and seeing just the difference in personnel and the kind of players that um, sort of are trademarked by team to team. Um, you know, physical ability, st- you know, mental ability, playing style, all this stuff. These guys, like these nose tackles and these defensive tackles, I mean, it is a explosive, fast, but like also they're going to get a hand in your face. <laughs> like they're not, right. they're not going to just eat some space, but they're going to get a hand up tall in your face. And like, I just thought that was really interesting because you get the sense with the energy level um, in every tier and I am a little concerned about inside linebacker, and I know we'll get to that in a minute. But in every tier, the energy level and the sort of the fast physical style of play, um, I I think this defense is going to be very, very good. I, I think it's it fits real well with, with what we think Brandon Staley is, is going to do and everything that we know about Brandon Staley. I mean, again, you always hear coaches say, you know, you don't, 
you know, you, you don't try to f- fit your players into your system. You, f- you fit your system for the players that you have. But I, I think that there's just there's a marriage that works here uh, based on what, what the Rams already have and, and what we think uh, Brandon Staley wants to do. And, and it's not <laughs> I'm not breaking news here, but it all starts with Aaron Donald yeah. and, and everything that he can do. You know, I mean, you, you talk about that uh, kind of that whatever you would want to say, non-traditional kind of body type or or whatever it is. And, and that was the knock. I mean, the, Aaron Donald. Donald fell as far as he did in the draft because people didn't think he was big enough. You know, they didn't know whether to have the size or the strength to, to play in that interior line. And, of course, now that sounds ridiculous. It sounds like <laughs> right. the, the silliest thing you'd ever hear. Uh, but, uh, you know, that goes across. I mean, my, again, like you said, Michael Brocker's not your traditional uh, nose tackle. Even a guy like Sebastian Joseph Day, I mean, he's not a, he's not a plugger. He's not a, a guy who's just, uh, you know, going to fill space. So uh, that's that's been a little bit of issue at, at times in other areas, uh, you know, run defense they, they've had to shore up a little bit and and they did that last year they were very effective even even with that same kind of rotation of mm-hmm. players um in uh, you know kind of kind of sealing off that first level they did a much better job with it so uh yeah it's uh it, let me say jordan if they can figure this out you know if, if they have enough time here uh, to get that defense down and to uh, kind of sort out the positions and who's playing where. I, I think the pieces are there. I know we're yeah. going to talk about inside linebacker, but if if they can kind of beat the clock here between now and September 13th uh, and get that stuff down, uh, I, I think you could see some some pretty notable improvement. Yeah, and you know, I have not seen, I, I, I think, and, and I'd like to, of course, talk about their entire rookie class, but like, defensively, I think they crushed this rookie class. I really do. I mean, this you've got Terrell Bur- Burgess and Jordan Fuller. They're coming in. Taylor Rapp's obviously out right now because he's got the knee injury. And you have these two rookie later round draft pick safeties slash defensive backs because they can kind of play everywhere. And these two are are just ball hawks. I mean, they're they're fitting in and running with the ones at certain times and different rotations. And, and, you know, clearly so far, Brandon Staley is having a ton of fun with the secondary because I saw so many rotations today. I mean, it was, it was like my head was spinning, but you know, Terrell Burgess and, and Jordan Fuller, you know, Jordan Fuller was, had a couple of picks um, earlier that we saw the Rams, you know, in-house digital team talking about when we weren't allowed to practice. And then, you know, Burgess comes up and gets one himself and and they're just like slotting in supernaturally with even with Taylor Rapp out and we know Taylor Rapp is obviously the starter and so it's just it's just interesting and then and then like you come around the corner to where the defensive linemen are working and you see Terrell Lewis who I'm thinking is like a seven-year veteran <laughs> because yeah, yeah. because he's not I mean I I came in you know expecting you, you expect a rookie outside linebacker to be lanky like like in the same way that like Great Dane puppies have like giant paws and they're a little skinny <laughs> but they're really you know you, you can just tell you know what what they're going to be when they're an adult and like that's how that's how outside linebackers a lot of times come out of college um the I'm not comparing the two, so this is a hot take, so I'm not comparing the two, so please don't mistake that. But I'm telling you, the last time I was that stunned by somebody's just like physical size and speed combination, just like you you walk around a corner and it just like hits you in the face was when I saw Julius Peppers for the first time. And like that is that's I know that's a hot take. I'm not saying they're the same yeah. or they're going he's going to have the same career trajectory, but like in terms of just the like the all-around massiveness and then watching him pursue Jared Goff on one play today, I was like, "Oh my god. <laughs> that's it. rest in peace." Like that is like <laughs> oh, oh my god. No, I mean, I, and I, Jordan I'll- I'll tell you, I mean, I watched Alabama, you know, I mean, just casually, I didn't study them. But I mean, obviously, them being one of the best teams, you see him on TV all the time. So you're aware of him. After the Rams drafted him that that very night, I mean, I go, you know, pull up some of his clips and I'm, I'm just going... Oh my goodness. Like, you know, know. until you actually look at him, you know, you you look at kind of his cuts. 
<laughs> like individual, you know, an individual highlight reel. I mean, it, honestly, if people haven't done it, like just, you know, pull up YouTube or whatever it is, just search his name and to, to see the kind of physical ability that he had, you know, playing against some of the best teams. You're not, you're not, he's not playing, you know, Mountain West teams or, or things like that. I mean, he's, he's playing NFL caliber players in, in the SEC and uh, he's, he's a monster. I mean, he is just a, a guy who looked like an NFL player when he was still in college. Oh, I know. And it was, um, we have this, we got this great quote from Michael Brockers today where he was like, he shows up to camp the first day that Terrell Lewis was able to be cleared from the COVID reserve list. And Michael Brockers thought that Terrell Lewis was another nose tackle. Like he goes, he goes, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is the guy who, you know, they're signing to replace me because he's on his one year deal. And then he realized he was an outside linebacker and he was like, what? <laughs> but yeah. then you see him, but then you see him move. And like I said, they're not, at, they're not at full speed. He did get a couple of first team reps opposite Leonard Floyd and they're not at full speed, but watching him, you know, sort of work with that interior pocket flush and then Jared Goff flushes out and there, here comes Charles Lewis in pursuit. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> Like some, <laughs> something is about to happen. And right. um, anyway, I know like I, I told you, I was like, man, I'm at the risk of, of you know, sounding giddy. Part of it, I think, is because I'm just excited to be watching some football again. And, and the other part of it is like, I'm I'm really impressed with this group. I really, really am. Well, yeah, and we, we've said it before, but when you think about the potential of, of Terrell Lewis, you know, outside of Aaron Donald. Um, I, that's, that, that's amazing. To me. This Again, is like this, not this, even fair. Like, what no, I mean, he's a rookie. Look, we can't, you know, we haven't seen him in an NFL. So there's, there's a lot of, you know, I'm sure if you talk to a coach right now, he would say there's a lot of technique things that he still needs sure. to work on and things like that. But I mean, when you talk about somebody's raw potential, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be something, uh, to, to see that's for sure. So fascinating battle there, but, um, but Jordan, how about inside? Now we should kind of, I mean, I think we should give a disclaimer a little bit, you know, it's, it was only the first day, right. uh, first of all. And as you said, not full speed, not contact. So there, there's only so much that you can glean here, but, but Jordan, I, I think you did learn a, a little bit, um, kind of about where things were on, on the depth chart and, and maybe even a little, a little bit of a gap. Is that fair to say at inside linebacker to, to where you might be able to draw a little bit of a conclusion? Yeah. You know, I would think the main competition here, and it's kind of what we assumed going into it, Rich, but it was like, I think the main competition here for those first team reps are between Micah Kaiser and Traven Howard. They, I mean, it just is, it, they just are being worked in different ways um, in, you know, especially in the first and second team and then rotating in the first team that is just, it's, it's a notable difference. And then you see kind of, you, you start looking at, okay, who's, who's running in more of the special teams drills and, and then sort of start splitting, you start splitting guys on the roster in that way, because obviously if they're spending more time on special teams, they're not going to be, you know, repping with the ones as much. So, you know, those two, I, I you know, the, there's, I think still some concern there in terms of, um, you know, filling sort of that void in the middle of the field. Um, but like you can, you can really hide a lot of things with a good Russian coverage compliment, honestly. And they have, they have both of those things, honestly. So, so I'm, I'm interested to see kind of how it shakes out that without, especially without a preseason, um, you know, likely we'll find out which guy is going to start there for the season, um, you know, when the season starts. So that's, sure. that's going to be interesting. I'd stay, I'd say that's still my main concern at, you know, at, on defense that, that would probably, <laughs> honestly, that would probably be my only concern. <laughs> um, right. and then obviously, you know, Brandon Staley calling plays, which I'm less and less worried about as time passes, but, um, that inside linebacker position, I think that's that's the one I still have uh, quite a few questions about. Sure, and and health too. You know, yeah, you, you know, you always yeah. have to. Uh, you know, and that's not something you can ever control. But I mean, I remember where the Rams were a year ago, and and you know, all the injuries. They were so lucky in 2018. You know, just in terms of pretty much kept that same lineup together 
uh, all season. And then you go through last year and it seemed like, you know, they didn't even get through training camp without losing a couple of guys at, at linebacker. And then the cornerbacks get hurt and Eric Weddle gets hurt. And, you know, it just, it just seemed like it, there was just kind of a revolving door. So when you don't have that depth, I mean, that's, that's maybe the only bit of, of a concern, especially at that inside spot. But, you know, outside too, the other guy, I don't, I don't think we should forget, you know, Samson Ebicam is, uh, is, uh, he can be a factor there, and I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just my vision, or it's been a long time. But you know, I, I see uh, uh, some videos of him that the Rams post, and and even that he posts too. It looks like he's put on some upper body strength, and I, I know you you haven't. Um, uh, been around him b- before but he he looks uh he looks like he's he's grown a little bit in in a, in a good way and, mm-hmm. and i'm not saying he was like thin or, or not strong before but uh if he can show a little bit of that because uh, he's always had the speed he can, he can get around the corner mm-hmm. uh, but but if he can kind of pair that with some strength he he could be a guy who's who's very big too yeah you know i i thought he had a really good day and again it's the first day in pads but sometimes you you do notice qualities about people that they set themselves apart from others. And I, you know, I think, you know, just in talking to people on the sideline today, it just was like, well, maybe consistency was a little bit of the issue in the past, you know, putting everything together all the time. And that's fair. I think, especially when you're, you know, coming along in your career. And obviously that'll be a main concern with Terrell Lewis as well and um, staying healthy. But one of the big things here is that he, he looks ready to go. And, you know, most of these guys, I would say all but maybe like 5% just from kind of listening and eavesdropping and, you know, talk trying to talk mm-hmm. to people inside the organization. It's like, you know, most of them did show up ready to go. There was very little concern about guys having such a far ways to go before they're in football shape. And Samson definitely... Um, he definitely flashed quite a bit. And he, I think, is someone who the Rams can can count on in terms of being that presence, especially as they bring along Terrell Lewis, who won't be – I mean, there's going to be things he still has to learn. There's going to be things that he still has to um, develop in terms of his technique and, like I said, consistency. And so you have a guy like Samson who um, definitely has some potential and everybody is like – been really happy with Leonard Floyd. So you have that side locked down. And then so on the other side, if you can have some consistency, I think that's a a big positive. All right, Jordan. Everybody wants to ask you about the cornerbacks. And um, I understand why. It's an important position. But it's this is going to be hard, right? I mean, even even as somebody who's going to watch practice every day, pretty much as as you are, um, to try to pin that down isn't going to be easy, I don't think. Because there really is no set in stone, right? I mean, it, it literally can change from from play to play, from formation to formation. Uh, the, it, it's always going to be fluid, right? Yeah, you know, I I was getting a lot of questions today, like, oh, who's at who's at nickel the most? Who's at nickel the most? And that's fine. I think that's a, a fair question because you really want to know um, who's going to sort of be the quote unquote starter there. But I'll tell you guys. Oh my goodness, were they rotating a lot? Like <laughs> everywhere. It wasn't just. You know, it wasn't just at, at nickel. It was also outside corner. Um, it was also safety, safety out to corner, corner into safety or corner into the box, um, corner into nickel, nickel out. You know, it just was so it was it. they were like I said, I'm my head was spinning a little bit. It is the first day, but I, I was I mean, it was really they are really rotating these guys. And you and I think you should because you know, other than Jalen Ramsey, you have, you know, and, and he's the number one corner and, and everybody knows that, but you also have these really, really talented safeties. Now you have these young guys who you're like, oh, well, holy crap, we might have something in these two young safeties. You also have, you know, Taylor Rapp coming back. You have John Johnson, um, who had a great practice today. And, you know, then you have Darius Williams, Troy Hill, you know, you just have so many guys that you have the ability to rotate them through. And then these these two young defensive backs that you drafted, they they don't just play safety. They also have played corner. They have played nickel. So, um, you know, and, and you have David Long, too. And so, you know, again, I talked about this a little bit when you're talking about defensive fronts. Like, you shouldn't just really quantify something as a 3-4 or a 4-3 base. Really, what you need to be able to do is be un, 
definable to other teams. And that means being fluid conceptually. And that also means if you have the guys in your secondary, other than Jalen being a, a fixture, um, if you have the guys in your secondary and you're comfortable rotating them around in different concepts, packages, um, I mean, just really creative stuff that you, you just got a little bit of a glimpse of today, um, then you you should do it because how are teams going to counter that? How can you scheme for that if you don't know what's coming? So um, I would ask people for patience in that regard. We will know <laughs> later on down the road who is getting more snaps at nickel. Although I will be honest with you, other than Jalen, again, I don't know that it matters too much who gets the most snaps you know, at right. nickel through camp. Because again, these guys are going to be just orbiting constantly. Um, and it's it's really going to be interesting. Right. And especially, we're, we've said this before, even on the podcast, especially in that division, you know, you're, you're going to have to be like that. You can't just, uh, you know, have one plan or, or one thing. And, that, and that's one thing I, I kind of came to, to understand. Yeah, I, I was a big Wade Phillips fan, still am. Uh, what what he did and and you know I, I'll admit I had questions you know when they let him go like well, why, you know why why are you doing that you had a pretty good defense uh, but but the more I think about it and the more I see kind of what the potential is here for Brandon Staley and exactly what they were thinking with the personnel that they have and the schedule that they have and all these offenses that they have to face and the varying kind of uh, you know talents and and challenges that they bring. Makes a lot of sense, you know. Mm -hmm. You you should be you should be pretty confusing. You shouldn't have uh, you know somebody shouldn't be able to watch uh, you know a half hour of your defense and and kind of have it have it down. Uh, it, it should be a, a little bit more complex than that, a little more uh, hard to figure out. So mm -hmm. uh, again, we'll see, we'll see it in practice, but uh, or, you know when when we get to games, I mean, but uh, but but the theory's there. But uh, anything else on the defense, Jordan, or should we move on to offense? I mean, I think if if I keep talking about them, I'm just going to sound like a homer, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, I mean, they really Listen, they looked really good, guys. Like, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> now's the time for optimism. <laughs> yeah. This is it's never going to get better than it is right now. But uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I agree, Jordan. I, I think the potential is there. So uh, it, it'll be it'll be very interesting. But um, so, I, Jordan, I wanted to start. On asking you about the uh, the offensive line because uh, I'm you know I'm I'm big on the offensive line as you know I think they absolutely have to get it right and uh, a little bit of a change right so we we kind of got a glimpse of it on that first episode of Hard Knocks but uh, but a little bit of a different look uh, in, in practice on Tuesday yeah you know they put Joe Noteboom in at left guard and um, you know they moved Austin Corbett over to right guard now. What we saw on Hard Knocks was we saw Corbett at left guard um, and David Edwards at right guard. And so that's a little bit of a different look. And so that's very clear at this point where the position battles are, which we knew. And, and Rich, I will always give you, you, you your flowers on this because you, you called it. I did get a little bit of pleasure today seeing Jonah Boom at left guard because I was like, I argued with Rich about this. They're going to try him. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think, but but really, I, I, I think, um, you know, that's, they're, they're trying things out in that regard, eh, no yeah. pun intended. And I think that that's, that's interesting. And you've got, you know, Rob Havenstein on the, on, back on the right, and then Andrew Whitworth, who also is taller than I expected, by the way, can I just say? Oh, yeah. Again, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I expect these guys to be wider than they are tall, but like he is very tall. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, no, let me let me tell you the first time I, I've explained this to people before. Like, and you know, if, if anybody's been around the NBA, I covered the the NBA a little bit, and there's a difference between a tall person and a large person. Like, you can be tall and you know relatively thin, you know, for your size. Andrew Whitworth is a large human being right like he's just you look at him and you're like wow it's like Shaq if anybody's ever seen Shaq in person like Shaq is tall but Shaq is just also an enormous human being and that's that's Andrew Whitworth yeah it was um it was interesting too because again today was really really hot so it's tougher for the bigger guys I think to to really get out there um, and, and kind of shake the rust off and, and sweat a little bit. And, and, you know, they're not going 
all out and not really hitting each other or anything like that. But it is still quite the the shock to your system all of a sudden, you know, whether you're on the offensive line or the defensive line where you're like, okay, now somebody's really in front of my face. And so, you know, it's hard to say what the protections looked like. There was a lot of tight end help today. Um, but, but again, I'd caution people to not jump to conclusions about anything because we know that they're going to be working in the tight ends a lot, whether it's as, you know, pass protectors or in the passing game. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, they already need tight end help and they're not even going full speed. No, it's, it's by design. They're, <laughs> they're testing, they're testing different people out. They're testing different rotations out. They're doing a lot of install. Cause right now, um, you are preparing for your week one, week two, um, at the same time, getting guys to shake the rust off a little bit. So I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I couldn't really tell you, I mean, they were all present. They all seemed healthy and, uh, you know, there wasn't a ton. There's a couple times where there was some some pretty, you know, interesting pocket issues, but, um, that will actually be a nice segue to, for me to tell you that I saw Jared Goff throw on the run today and it looked sharp. Yeah. Very. Now you've, you've done a great job with this over the last couple of weeks here of, of kind of writing about it. I, I know you talked to, um, Adam Dado of, uh, of 3D, 3D QB who worked with Jared in the, uh, in the off season. And a part, a big part of his focus was that footwork and, and that, you know, pocket presence and throwing off your back foot and all of that. And, you know, you, you, it's hard to make somebody faster, you know, I, 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 <laughs> right. I know Rams fans, you know, Rams fans would tweet at me or, or comment or whatever and say, you know, how, is, is he working on getting faster? We're like, well, that's there's not a whole lot you can do about that <laughs> when you get to age 25 or whatever Jared is. But but there's other stuff in there, right? There's there's other ways to take advantage of the skill set that, that he has. And it seems like they're really, really putting an emphasis on that. Yeah. And it's not just about like, are you faster? It's more like, are you being more efficient with the ball when you have to run? And so, you know, you can only expect anyone really in the NFL unless you are, you know, 2011 through 15 Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. Like you you can't really expect them to just continue to extend to play much longer than, you know, five, six, seven seconds. Right. And even that's a lot. So especially Jared Goff, who is much more comfortable um, in the pocket and is not known for his, you know, athleticism um, outside of the pocket, um, if I am putting that politely. And I think, you know, you, it, was, it was interesting to see him work on not the theory of getting faster, but more so how can you increase your efficiency as a passer when you know things are in chaos around you. And that's something that, um, you know, you can check my piece out at the athletic, um, rich, I know you've read it, but <laughs> you, people could check my piece out at the athletic about how, um, new OC Kevin O'Connell is trying to take over sort of everything he did in the spring, everything Jared did in the spring with his private tr- trainers and quarterback coaches who did work in collaboration with the Rams and then carry that progress and that momentum forward in a training camp slash team practice situation um, where you also have to run drills and install and do those types of things. So that, that was really interesting. You know, I will say, um, you know, I did see a lot of tight end work today. Um, a lot of working through all three running backs. Um, Cam Akers did get a ton of reps. I will say too, um, you know, it's very clear that Malcolm Brown is, is leading the group here. And, and that's definitely a nod to him being a veteran, um, you know, they're, they're going to have him lead off on the, the drills and the stretches. And, um, you know, he's going to get the first rep, the first carry in, in team drills. And, and that's like very much an unwritten rule, but it's clear also that they're trying to bring cam makers along quickly because of the enormity of reps he did get. Um, and, and so between that and then them working in the tight ends pretty consistently, and then in a pretty, pretty consistent rotation between, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. Um, that was those are two things that were pretty notable to me. Yeah, and uh, speaking of your of great stories by Jordan Rodrigue, I, I don't think we. Uh, I think after <laughs> our last podcast, <laughs> I think after our last podcast episode, we we published a a great uh, feature on on Cam Akers, and which is still uh, re- very easy to find on both the app and the website. Um, uh, Jordan went back uh, to his high school days. 
and uh, learned all about Cam Akers and kind of how he became a running back, which was through being a quarterback and uh, really dominated in Mississippi. Uh, fascinating story about the, the development of a young guy. But but Jordan, it, it occurs to me that, you know, part of this, this the Jared Goff project, if you want to call it that, is is the run game. And, you know, you, you go back to, to 2017 and 2018 and so much of the success that he had and so much so many times it was off of those play action passes and whether it was you know play action and roll out or or just play action and and, you know heave it deep but because they had to respect that run game I I think it just it it was a a dimension that the Rams had that they just didn't have last year and I I think you know whether it's Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson Malcolm Brown some combination of the three uh, if, if they can get a little bit of that back, then it just makes it that much easier for, for Jared. Because, yeah, you know, he, he takes a lot of the dings, you know, he takes a lot of criticism about, you know, oh, he's slow, he can't move or whatever. But, you know, go back and look, go back and look at 17 and 18 and, and some of the, the plays that he was able to make when he rolls out and, uh, you know, has a little bit of time or, you know, is able to fool the defense a little bit. And uh, he can make those plays, but it's just, uh, I think, it needed a little bit of a refinement and, and and he needs a little bit of help around him. Yeah. And I think uh, some of that's a confidence thing too, honestly, like if sure. th- this is how Dato put it and I thought he put it in a really good way and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, obviously, but you, you have to be comfortable in chaos. And I think that that's pretty true for most, I would say 90 to 99% of offensive lines across the league. It's not all going to be peaches and roses for years and years and years, you know? So, and, and even you might, it might even be a disaster for some years. I'm not saying that that's what it'll be here, but you have to understand that as a quarterback being comfortable inside chaos um, inside disruption, inside what Kevin O'Connell calls being off schedule, um, being comfortable and taking ownership of those situations is something they were really hoping that Jared Goff did. Now, Sean McVay spoke very highly of Jared Goff after practice and said, you know, he's come in. This was his best day. Tuesday was his best day so far, which you want to see when people put pads on. You really want to see that the quarterback is continuing to take those steps forward. Um, you know, we don't know anything until live stuff starts happening against other teams, right? Even the picks today, I was telling someone on Twitter, like, this is not to take away the interceptions at all because they were very impressive. But, you know, it's part the defensive back jumping the route and making a great play on the ball. That's most of it. But some part of it, too, is they're not going full speed and also – they know what's they know what the looks are because this is their team, right? And so it's it's not I'm not saying that like oh they have it easy at all. It was a they were phenomenal plays, but you don't really know. And this goes for for Jared. You don't really really know until another team is just in your face and dialing stuff up against you. So I say there's there's room I think for cautious optimism, especially knowing you know through this these pieces that we did in the off season, Rich like how hard he has worked on those very technical details about being comfortable in chaos. You know, I think that there is room for some cautious optimism there. Um, but that progress needs to continue and and it's, you know, it's going to be a long season. Yeah. I think part of the issue was that, that I mean, the anticipation that, that they're, that they're doing this year, I think is really important because you have to plan for things to go wrong as, as you just said. And I think, that was part of the issue last year is that things were so smooth in 2017 and 2018. The offensive line was great, great continuity, great health, you know, just really the rock of that offense. And then, you know, 2019, they make a couple changes. They put in a couple young guys in place of veterans. Nobody plays together in the preseason, which in hindsight probably was a mistake. And that's easy to say in hindsight, as I am, but you can look back now and say, because then what happened was they got to week one at Carolina, by the way, and, uh, you know, in, in a couple other weeks and it was like, uh Oh, there's, there's a little bit of a problem here. Mm -hmm. And they hadn't really, you know, I don't want to say they hadn't anticipated it. Maybe they did, but they hadn't seen it in live action. 
um, until it was kind of like, oh, uh oh, you know, now we're right in the middle of it and, and we have to figure it out. So I, I think they're giving Jared and, and Jared is giving himself um, a better base right now to to be able to just come in and be like, OK, I, I think, right. you know, I can be a little bit more comfortable if if things aren't perfect, if I don't get that exact uh, protection that I need or if I need to move my feet and, and either step up in the pocket or roll out a little bit. I, I think he's he's probably in that in that mindset uh, a little bit more now. But uh, I totally agree, Jordan. We're, we're not going to know uh, until they until they get on the field. But uh, how about some of these uh, other guys? We, we've seen it, the, the stuff that gets on Twitter is always the circus catches right i mean it's always the always the best stuff is when you can get that 10 second clip of of somebody making a twisting you know catch but uh but van jefferson looks like he's showing out a little bit uh early on huh yeah you know i i will say he was he was impressive i think um you know his reps with first team increased as the practice went on and i think that's good um they worked you know, mostly, in, especially in the first hour, hour and a half of practice, uh, most of it was Jared Goff with Tyler Higby rotation, with Gerald Everett, with um, Cooper Cup, with Robert Woods, with Josh Reynolds, with Malcolm Brown rotating in Cam Akers, rotating in D- Daryl Henderson. And that's kind of to be expected. You're still bringing along a rookie receiver. Um, you know, there's some great literature out there right now about how this is one of the more difficult years in in memory uh in contrast with the one of the best receiver classes in memory um a more difficult year as a rookie receiver to come along um the difference here though with van is that he has already been running a full route tree for a long time so he did not look like he was sort of hitting a wall at any point he didn't look like things were too complicated too much of a struggle for him he just kind of eased in normally and very naturally into the rotation today caught a couple of great passes I think one of Jared's best throws of the day um, was over the top to Van who created uh, there was sort of a, a cluster of bodies in the middle of the field and Van Jefferson was able to sort of counter that and then create a ton of separation downfield which was really interesting to see a rookie do that. Um, so, like quote unquote, early in camp. I know it, we're late August, but I mean, tech. This is the first pads day. I mean, it was very interesting to see him be able to do that. And Jared clearly um, has that comfort level in connecting with him downfield like that. So I thought that was really impressive. That's not the catch. People always see the catch, but what I was more interested in in with Van today is, is seeing how technical he is sort of in the middle, you know, stem of his route, because he, he's very precise in how he creates space. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it, I thought that was really, really interesting. I mean, it's, I know it's why the Rams like him so much in terms of what he can do, because that's gonna, that's gonna really, really benefit him and give him a little bit of an advantage over maybe some of his, his colleagues who are rookie receivers who have, you know, so such a long way relatively to go. Um, not only does he have that full route tree knowledge that he can just kind of ease in wherever he's needed, but also um, very, very technical. I thought that was impressive. Yeah, I, I think he can make an impact that way, you know, in a lot of the ways that, that Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup um, do also. And that that's one thing. Uh, I don't, I don't want to criticize Brandon Cooks. I mean, he has a skill set that's that's completely unique. I mean, the, the, the over-the-top speed that he could bring to that to that offense is something that they're not going to match. I mean, they're, they're, you're not going to be able to match what, what he what he brought. But it it wasn't the same all around, you know. And and again, it's not. I'm not saying that Brandon Cooks is an inadequate uh, receiver, but you know what you talk about kind of that complexity of the, of the route tree and, and different things that you can do. I mean, that's what makes Robert Woods and Cooper Cup so valuable to, to that Rams offense. And, and to think that you can put somebody else in there like Van Jefferson um, who can do that and also has some pretty good speed too, it looks like. I mean, he can get down the field. Um, so if he can kind of put that together and, and, you know, in a good spot because he's probably not going to be needed you know right off the jump he's right. not going to be in there expected you know to, to get 60 70 catches or something like that so uh if he, if he can grow it like that he, he can be uh, in a pretty good spot 
uh, I think. But uh, uh, Jordan, I have to say, I'm a little disappointed. Oh, no. Because I, I know, I know. But I didn't see anything on your, your extensive tweets today. Great job. But nothing <laughs> about kickers. I know. There was nary a single tweet. I know. About the kicker competition. I'm pretty disappointed. Um, we didn't really get to see anything from them today. Each guy, like, so today, and I have this written down in like my notebook across my office here, so forgive me. <laughs> but Liram um, and um, I believe Austin McGinnis each got an opportunity to kick at the end of a two-minute drill. They both made it. Um Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't really think that's notable. <laughs> so, they didn't, I mean, it was not like a, it wasn't like a, you know, super high stakes, high pressure situation. That's something that we did not get a lot of time with Sean today after practice, but that's something that I'm looking forward to talking to him about later in the week is because, you know, it was very, they're off kicking kind of by themselves and, um, you know, but but nobody's watching them like to see how many they they're making because <laughs> yeah. because everybody's busy and this is like a normal practice for kickers. I mean, this that's what kickers do. They go off and they they kick, right? But this is like a competition, guys. Like I, I you know, and so those two guys came in at the two minute drill at the end of the two minute drills, um, which was notable in that sense, but also not because it was like you know both guys from about twenty between twenty five and thirty five and. You know, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't anything, you know, I don't know, Rich, I got to conserve the phone battery. Like, it, just, <laughs> it wasn't anything that I thought was really, I thought maybe they are exactly where they started at the beginning of this practice. And, and you know what? Probably things are happening behind the scenes that we don't see to right. separate these guys because, I mean, really, I would think when I was coming out and expecting, I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to come out to the to the field and, um, you know, in the middle of practice, they're going to be like throwing, you know, beach balls at these guys as they try to kick. And then whoever has, you know, first one to hit 10, like, you know, it's just like, I thought I was going to see something like that. That's a great idea. Well, that is a fantastic idea. Sean and Coach Bones, you guys can use it if you're listening, which you're probably not. I, but you I, 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 yeah. <laughs> How great would that be on Hard Knocks? I mean, that, I that know. would be... Think yeah. of the plot lines, guys. Think of the drama. Yeah. Think of Weighted the drama. Weighted beach balls, though. They have to have a little bit of heft behind them. Right. Like, that's you know, true. Yeah. Not yeah. not quite a medicine ball, but... Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? In all seriousness, it's going to be interesting because you've got three guys and, and you know, Sam Sloman in the mix there, too. And, and I wouldn't expect any coach, and especially not Sean, knowing him as I do, I, I, I'd be surprised if he kind of gives regular updates like, oh, we, we think Liram is ahead right now or we think Sam is ahead right now. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of what kind of hints we get on that or whether it's just going to be kind of a total you know, like surprise reveal on, on September, whatever it is yeah. uh, w- when they, when they announced the roster, because I, you, you took the words out of my mouth, Jordan. I mean, that the, they're going to be doing a lot behind the scenes and, and I'm sure that there's things that, you know, uh, co- uh, John Bonamago sees that, that, you know, we, we wouldn't necessarily see. So uh, yeah, it'll just be, it'll be interesting because uh, I know Rams fans are interested. There's, there's still a lot of people who remind me that, uh, you know, if not for one missed field goal last year, <laughs> that the Rams would have had 10 wins and, and been a playoff team. So I totally get it. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's an important position. So Jordan, I kind of, I, I want to end with my own hot take here. Okay. Oh, good. Because, I can't wait uh, for this. Yeah. Because now I've not been out there yet. Okay. So this is, I, w- I want to throw it to you with this too. And, and I know, thank goodness we're doing this at the end of the episode. So when people turn it off in anger, uh, they, they, they've listened to most of it by now, but <laughs> That the helmets, Jordan, like it, it, it looks sharp to me. Like seeing them, you know, out in in daylight, uh, you know, even seeing them on hard knocks and stuff like that. A lot of people, you know, the horns. Why they do that with the horns? I I, I can't even tell from a distance, you know, that that it's a whole lot different. And and they look really sharp to me. How did how do they look when you're uh, when you're on the field? You know, I did catch myself noticing one time. Like, oh, wow, those look kind of cool, you know, because I didn't really have an opinion on them just coming in as an outsider. I didn't have a super strong opinion on them either way, which I know we we talked about because, you know, 
that that was like number one when I came in was like what's going on with with the uniforms and so I didn't really have an opinion on them when I saw them in person um you know they they are sharp and you can see them from far away which I think is again that's really that's kind of important when you're especially this season when you're probably going to be watching most if not every game via broadcast um I mean they're they are um I'm trying to think of the right word because my brain is fried from the heat right now, but, but they, (laughs) they they contrast against the background very well. Like you, you, you definitely, you see them and you're like, those are the Rams helmets, you know, and, and they are sharp. I like the colors. Um, a lot of guys, you know, the logo, the new logo, um, and it looked like maybe, I think it was a secondary logo. I mean, they put it on a lot of different things and a lot of guys are wearing their new gear and, and really it looked sharp. Like, I think I was a little concerned along with much of the fan base about like, oh, is it going to look too arena league? But really, I mean, they looked sleek. They looked sharp. I think one of the cool things is a lot of the defensive linemen had these awesome um, sort of multi-hue visors from Oakley on the helmet. So when you combine that helmet with that that visor, that was really sharp, I thought. Yeah, I I think it's... uh you know, they, they pop to me, you know, when you look at them, it's like they, they catch your eye. Uh, the, the helmets do at least. And, uh, you know, I, I've even seen, you know, some of the, the bone practice jerseys and, uh, I think it looks good. It's, it's interesting to see the logo. We'll, we'll save this for another conversation, but, but the, the already slow migration to using the secondary logo more than the primary logo, it has, has not escaped my attention. And uh, I, I think it will be continuing uh, as we go along. But uh, Jordan, I know you'll be out there uh, to, to capture all the uh, all the practice details. And, and we have not forgotten about Player X, right? We will right. be we will be circling back to, to do the big reveal soon. Yeah, I am so excited. Um, I think you guys already know who Player X is, um, but we who, are who still <laughs> we're still not going to. <laughs> We're still surprise. Rich has gone this entire time not knowing the identity of player. I have X. no idea. <laughs> um, you know, we, we're really excited. We wanted to give him a little bit of time to settle into training camp. Um, obviously, being a rookie, and so um, within the next couple of weeks, we'll be back with you with our big reveal and our exit interview of player X. Um, in the meantime, I am so excited to be bringing you training camp updates. Uh, Rich and I, I know, have some fun things planned for this podcast as well. And, um, you know, we really appreciate you following us and subscribing. I saw uh, a lot of really awesome, heartwarming comments about people who had recently subscribed to The Athletic to catch training camp updates. And I just wanted to thank those people and, and thank our current subscribers I know you can always get a deal if you subscribe through our podcast. I do know that. And you know me, Rich. What do I love? A deal. A deal. A good discount. I love a good discount. So thanks, thanks as always, for following us and subscribing. Um, you can find Rich on Twitter at Rich Hammond, and you probably already follow him. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at Jordan Rodrigue. And if you don't already follow me... uh. I don't know. Do I have a pretty good Twitter feed? I feel like I, I feel like I have an okay Twitter feed. It's awesome. And, well, you have uh, to say you, that you're my boss. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, your, your header is is of your dog Tucker. I mean, how how can it get better than that? That's true, and you know there are there are some takes, but I I never usually get too spicy. I don't think. <laughs> no. But we'll see. Just just the right, just, just the right amount of just flavor. the right amount of heat, you know. But yeah. thanks as always for listening to the 11 Personnel Podcast. And don't forget to go and rate us, subscribe, give us nice comments because we love feeling good. And uh, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>